Utah football sees their season come to a disappointing close with a loss to the Penn State Nittany Lions in the Rose Bowl. Why did the Utes lose this game? Uh, what happened with Cam Rising? What does it mean for his Utah future? We're talking about all that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Thank you for making Locked On News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're talking all things Rose Bowl. But before we dive into that big game we saw where the Utes lost to Penn State, I um, just want to start this one by saying my thoughts, prayers, and condolences to, to Mar Hamlin, his family, um, the Bills, all everyone involved in this just tragic situation that's going on. There's no words to say what is going on, really. I I've struggled to get it right just in this podcast. I've tried to record this episode now numerous times, whatever take I'm on that you guys are listening to this on. But um, yeah, it's just something I'm, it's going to be, a, this is going to be a tough podcast for me to get through, frankly, because whenever something like that happens where someone is in danger of losing their life and we still don't know how the situation is going to play out as the time I am recording this, it's just hard to talk about a game because something happened that is so much bigger than an inconsequential game like football when you see someone someone's life in jeopardy. So all I can say is my thoughts, prayers, and condolences to his family. I know you guys all feel the same way. And uh, we're going to move on and talk about the Rose Bowl. Once again, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with Damar and his family for everything they're going on. So off that, there's no good way to transition. But the rest of this, we are going to be talking about the Rose Bowl. And it's one that didn't go Utah's way, to put it plain and simple, right? 35 to 21, Utes don't get it done. Um, I, I was in attendance. That's why you see me in this hotel room right now and uh, my, not my normal uh, setup in the mo- in the mobile setup, as you guys have seen a few times now, those of you who support the show. Um, going into the game um, was incredible, as always. The Rose Bowl never disappoints. When you're in there, too, you could tell it was a pro-heavy Utah crowd. Um, I've seen it. I, it's somewhere in between 80 to 20 Utah fans. 80, 20 Utah had, had the advantage against Penn State fans, or maybe even 70, 30, if you want to say. Um, so Utah with the crowd advantage again. And, uh, you know, started out slow a little bit. Punts back and forth on uh, both sides. Eventually, Penn State able to cash in. Utah able to match them from there. Um, half ends 14-14 with Utah getting the ball to start the second half. And uh, Utah gets off to a little bit of a nice start, too. You know, getting an 11-play drive going. But then um, then Cam Rising's injury. I mean, that just felt like it just sucked the life out of the stadium. And uh, we've been we've been here before, right, in last year's Rose Bowl when it uh, happened, too, and Cam wasn't able to get up and eventually was able to walk off on the field. Um, but you could just feel like it was one. It was going to be hard for him to come back in. Look, Cam is tough. I mean – look back on the Pac-12 championship game, right? How about, I mean, Cam not getting getting obliterated and he just gets back up right away, right? So we knew that for Cam to go down like that. And yes, he pushed um, his teammates, you know, kind of trying to help him off. And he's like waved him off after he was able to eventually get up and walk off. Um, I could see him go into the, go back into the locker room. And then I got a text from a friend who told me he was out there in street clothes, but we didn't expect Cam to come back out. And uh, you could just tell the players talked about it too. It just sucked the life out of the team. Um, I think with the game being tied um, where it was, it was an incredibly difficult spot for Bryson Barnes to come into at. And I think a lot of people are just going to bash Bryson um, for not playing well. And I don't think Bryson, I mean, we know Bryson didn't play well, right? I mean, he wasn't put in a good position though, either. I mean, look, Penn state was getting after Utah in this game. I mean, I, 
the they're in terms of sacking the quarterback as I go to pull up the numbers now officially. Look, it felt like they were getting a lot of pressure. I mean, the exact number, they got six sacks in this one. Um, a lot of those by the main guys to for the Nittany Lions defense. That was um, Jair Brown really flying around. This is a team that likes to blitz, and uh, they got home a lot tonight with those blitzes, really caused some chaos. Utah, the old block really struggling to pick it up, and especially once Bryson got in there. You know, Cam's so mobile, able to, in numerous points in this game, able to shake out of those sacks, break free, scramble, run, and go get a first down. Those are things that, Cam is just a look. He's, I mean, there's a reason Utah's won back to back Pac 12 championships, right? There, look, the other, of course, everyone matters on the field. There's reason, but the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And at the end of the day, Cam has balled out for Utah in both of those games. He's been sensational, delivering, distributing the ball. Cam's able to do so many things like escaping pressure and scrambling for big gains. And this was, you could tell it was the health before the couple hits that he sustained. And then, of course, the big hit at the very end that knocked him in, or to start the second half, that knocked him out of the game. This was the healthiest Cam has looked since the USC game when he sustained that hit going for the two-point conversion and then, of course, was hurt and missed the Washington State game. But you could just tell that Cam was just making plays early in this game to really help the Utes out because the passing game just wasn't really getting it going. This is a really good Penn State secondary, and we knew that without Jory Porter Jr., even though he wasn't going to play the Nittany Lions' top defensive back, that this was still a loaded group. This is a really talented Penn State team, and I know they're going to lose Sean Clifford, but it's going to be a team that's going to have a chance to regardless i think of what happened with the obviously the playoff is changing now let 12 teams in penn state should be firmly in the mix of that even if it was just four they would be a contender for it next year if you look at just the amount of returning talent they have coming back so once you had cam go down this game just seemed like such a difficult thing to get at um, i think a lot of people will be asking was this cam's final game as a ute I will say after talking with some people, I will you can call them sources. They're sources, I guess. Um, I feel confident saying it's not going to be his final game at the Ute, basically just echoing what Josh Furlong said on yesterday's Locked On Utes. So I'm not going to break any news here, basically, what you guys are thinking. I just I think Cam is going to stay based on what I heard. I will say that, and it seems like that's what everyone else is hearing, too. And once again, that comes from people, from sources, I'll, I'll say once again. But either way, um, just so hard to overcome Cam's absence in this one. Um, the Utah defense, I think the big thing I want to talk about with Utah's defense is in so many stretches, this Utah defense did really well early on, but then I just look at those explosive plays, right? I mean, the second, the first touchdown drive by Penn State was a nice, long, methodical drive marching down the field. Um, but then you look at the the second touchdown they had um, in this game, or excuse, yeah, excuse, yes, the second touchdown they had in this game, just um, the long run by Singleton. That's one where Utah has it, third and three. Um, there were two 85-plus yard touchdowns in this game. Both of them belonged to Penn State. When you give that up and you're playing a very comparable team, it's just not going to work very well. And that's what happened for Utah. That was one of the differences in this game where those explosive, those big-time plays, where you do your job on first and second down, but then can you get off the field on third down? The answer for that for Utah was no. Overall in this game, Penn, uh, Penn State on their third downs, they were actually only 7 for 13. Utah was 11 for 19, but man, did those seven that Utah gave up just felt like huge ones. And it was fit about finishing drives too. And yes, I know Utah didn't have to settle for any field goals, but I'm talking about, um, we mentioned the, the one first drive out of the second half, right? There were numerous drives where Utah had momentum going, where they got a couple first downs, but then for whatever reason, whether it was pressure breaking in, um, a negative play, like Utah tried the trick play, right? With Devon Vele and, um, 
Okay. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Because that's I mean, it looks like a t- it was it's a terrible play call now because obviously it went negative ways. I didn't have an issue with it in the time. I thought it was fun getting creative. Um, Devon actually had Yasmin open over the middle of the field, but um, it just kind of some pressure in his face. Obviously, didn't feel comfortable. Wish he would have at least thrown it away in that situation. But hey, it's a receiver trying to throw the ball. It's going to be a little bit of a tricky play. And his initial read was Cam. They're kind of trying to run a Philly special like thing, just with Cam on the wheel route basically, and uh, it was well covered by Penn State. So I'm not really faulting him there, but um, I want to get back to this, the Utah defense. I said what they, what they gave up in this one, when you're talking about the singleton run 87 yards, and that was one too, where Utah, they said that um, Utah's coaching staff said, I believe coach Witt said actually that um, look, they were still sending signals in from the sideline and guys weren't lined up correctly. They just weren't ready to go. So then you get this third and three that turns into once again, an 87 yard rushing touchdown that, is once again was another huge play for this Penn State team. And just one of those moments where it feels like, all right, Utah has them. They're pinned deep in their own territory. They're going to get off the field. Utah's going to have a short field to work with. Big momentum play. And then, boom, Singleton breaks off a huge run. And then the other one, of course, being the big catch that Lambert Smith had, 88 yards. Where once again, Utah does their job on first and second down. And then what happens, the longest touchdown in Rose Bowl history, I believe they said, outside of a return but uh, longest play from scrimmage, we'll call it, um, the 88-yarder 80 pass that Clifford aired out to Smith-Lambert. I believe R.J. Hubert took ownership of it. I, I'll have to go back and watch it. Being there live, it's always hard to tell what's going on. I will say one theme, and we're going to dive into this after our uh, first little mini ad read in a moment, is uh, once again, it's just another game. It's the theme with this Utah team, right? There wasn't an elite pass rusher on the team all season. I still think their best pass rusher was Mahmoud Diabate, and – rushed him more in this game, but it feels like that just, he should, to me, I feel, and I know he made some plays inside linebacker. I just feel like he should have been rushing more on the season. And I feel like it's a change they should have made sooner. Still the only guy to force Caleb Williams to fumble all season long. And you see him get beaten coverage a couple of times in this game too. And uh, credit for the Penn state defensive line. But once again, that just that 88 yard reception, that, that eight yard catch and run he had RJ gets burned deep. Clifford, lots of time in the pocket, and the Utes give up another long touchdown. And yeah, Penn State still scored a couple other touchdowns, but to me, that was one of the biggest things I just look at is those explosive touchdowns there. And I think that would have been the difference in look, I'm gonna say I don't think if I think if Cam Rising is healthy the rest of this game, I think a lot of you guys will disagree with this. I just based on how I felt like the game was going and watching, I don't think Utah would have won the game actually if Cam played the rest of the way. I think it would have been a 28-35 and that 20 and Utah getting to 28 wouldn't have felt like a last minute kind of garbage time score. This game was really 35 to 14 until Utah mounted that late closing drive to make it the 35 to 21 it ended up being. But I don't feel like if Cam Rising played the rest of the way. Look, and I'd love to be proved wrong. And I easily could have been proved wrong. Obviously, you've seen Cam make a ton of plays. But just defensively for Utah, they just really struggled off the field in some key moments. Utah really missed their guys in uh, Clark Phillips the third, Dalton Kincaid, of course. And we know Brent Keithy wasn't here, obviously. Um, Utah expected to have Tavion Thomas all season. And look, Jaquindon Jackson, Mackay Bernard, very good once again for Utah. The ground game was actually pretty good for Utah. It was actually even better than I thought it was watching it live. Um, I felt like Utah was running the ball well. I did not realize they had 184 yards rushing, and that's counting with some of the negative yardage, too, we saw from Bryson being sacked. And I think part of that helps helped was Cam scrambling. He carried it 10 times for 47 yards before he ended up going down with that injury. Utah had all three of the guys in Cam, Mike, Mackay Bernard and uh, Jaquindon Jackson all average over four yards a carry. So impressive numbers there. But when once you, like I said, just you think about the best players on offense for this Utah team coming into the season 
Dalton Kincaid, Brant Keithy, Tavion Thomas, and yes, I said, the running back stepped up, and then Cam Rising. All four of those guys did not play in outs, after, outside of the first drive in the second half. We already knew it was going to be a lot to overcome those guys all season long, but this Utah team's always been able to find a way. They weren't able to in the Rose Bowl. They fall 35-21. to 21. We're going to come back and talk about a few more of the things that I think contributed to this Utah loss. But first, we got to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your business. As a small business owner, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified cans more effectively by matching Open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may apply. So coming back into this one, um, just talk about a couple more of the reasons that uh, Utah lost. As I mentioned, we talked about the pass rush a little bit. I felt like that was a big one. I think the Nittany Lions, um, even out um, without Fashano, their outstanding left tackle, who I know I published episodes last week where it was like I said he was playing. I, then some guests I had on said he was playing. Some said he wasn't. I really was hard to tell. It's always hard to tell because James Franklin, very much like Kyle Winningham, is very close to the lips. Fashano did not play in this game, but the Nittany Lions offensive line I thought was outstanding. Um, a strong rushing day for them to, I know, 169 yards. That can be slightly inflated because of the big 88-yard run they had. But, look, you got to give them credit where it's due. They made the plays, and they hit that hole when the opportunity presented itself. They have two electric freshman running backs in Allen and Singleton, and especially Singleton. I mean, Singleton averaged 17 yards a carry, basically, and that's a large part of that is because of the big run, of course. But either way, when you run for – Seven, you get seven carries for 120 yards. It shows you on those other carries too. He was still doing things because even though that one rush, rushing touchdown went for 87, still a lot more of that 120 not accounted for. Showing you he had a good day. Allen 11 for 37 in this one. Um, men, mentioned Smith Lambert, his big receptions. Um, Tinsley made a couple grabs for Penn State. Um, it just it was just a rough game for this Utah defense. One that kind of was more characteristic to what we saw from them earlier in the season versus we just haven't really seen them struggle in a second half like this since you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the worst second half they've played since the UCLA game to me. Um, I think back on that one and how that one really got away from Utah. And even though Utah's offense was making a couple plays, it never felt like Utah was really in it because it didn't feel like the defense was going to be able to get the stops. And that's what this one really felt like late just you know you want I, I was in the stands like I was in the must I was trying to you know kind of trying to feel along everyone trying to get excited for it, get back into this game feel that momentum like we still got a chance but then every time there was an opportunity to get off the field late felt like the Utes didn't capitalize on it or even when the offense the defense did make a play and the offense was going to get it back then what ended up happening Bryson Barnes got sacked and it felt like that was kind of the theme over and over again, or there was a missed throw or something happened. Um, as soon as Bryson came in, you know, it kind of shows why Bryson is a very good backup quarterback at the Pac-12 level, but he also reminded you why that's what I he is at the Pac-12 level as a backup quarterback when he just stared down, I believe it was Devon, on that one interception and just a play you cannot make, and it ended up being an easy interception for the safety off the 
play action fa- pass. I believe it was play action on that one. Um, but yeah, just another disappointing opportunity for for this Utah team. As I said, I thought the offensive line did all right, but um, look, it was a combination too. I didn't think the receivers had outstanding games. I thought Devon Bailey was pretty good. I mean, five for a hundred yards. He had that big forty-seven yard catch to close. Um, I, I can't remember if that was to set up one of the touchdowns off the top of my head now, or if that was uh, the half. Um, Thomas Yasmin's drop I thought hurt this team. Although I will say Cam ended up taking a sack, so that didn't really play a huge contribution this one but we know we knew that Utah was going to miss Dalton I think I was kind of trying to look at it from the positive perspective in last week's show talking about how many plays this Utah offense made against Penn State with Dalton more of a role player last week Um, or excuse me not last week gosh it was a month ago it's crazy how college football works like that but um when you look at it in that game where um, Dalton made plays in that but he wasn't the guy in that everyone kind of contributed in this one Utah was really looking for a guy and, uh, and on the outside and uh, yes, Bailey made a couple grabs. Um, and it's like, as that goes on everyone, right? Like cam before he got hurt was eight for 21 in this game. And I think some of that was on cam. He had some couple, he had the interception early on needed to get that, uh, ball a little up to me on that one. I think that was ended up being picked or maybe I'm just thinking of another incompletion there, but you know, cam wasn't his strongest game either. And look, this is the best I believe Dante Guardi. I had him on last week's show has said, this is, he thought this was the best defense that Utah was playing in a long time. Um, they absolutely looked like it out there. Penn states did with um, what they were able to do. We talked about the guys getting after the quarterback and just the constant pressure they were under. I mentioned Brown, his sack and a half. When you talk about Jacobs, he had two sacks and this one Robinson with a sack and a half to the tackles for loss. It just felt like Penn state. Yes. They would give up a couple yards on the ground, but when they needed to, they got the stops to force his Utah team in second and long. And then, Utah wasn't able to make those plays through the air whenever they needed Bryson Barnes to. Cam had started to move the ball earlier. And once again, I think if Cam plays this entire game, I think this is a back and forth affair. But I feel like that just because the Utah defense wasn't able to get pressure on Sean Clifford, a couple of those timely runs we saw from the running backs, whether it was coverage breakdowns. And the biggest reason it felt like in the end, this Utah team, I felt like was cost by their weaknesses. I think if you're looking at what's the biggest weakness to this Utah defense, um, you could say the front seven in general. And I think the linebackers got beat a couple times in coverage in this one, um, but they just didn't get pressure on the quarterback. And that was another theme today where Clifford, yeah, he got sacked a couple times. I shot at junior Tafuna getting home on one of those, but uh, there was an opportunity. One, I remember where Connor O'Toole broke in and Clifford just made a miss. And that's O'Toole still learning the ins and outs of positions, getting used to the feel of it, all the things that go into there make it challenging to do and contain, but just like I said, just one of those opportunities where then Clifford makes a guy miss and then he makes a play because he's a veteran quarterback who owns nearly every record a quarterback can have at Penn State and say what you want about Penn State's quarterback history, but whenever you own a record at a power five school like that, you're a very good quarterback and Clifford proved that tonight with an outstanding performance that earned him the offensive MVP. Clifford was 16 for 22, 279 yards, two touchdowns, and yeah, he would maybe miss a throw, but it felt like he would come back and then make up for the throw too, and it's a bummer that Cam didn't get an opportunity to do that too because we know Cam's a game and I really do believe he would have kept Utah in this game, but I think Utah's inability to get pressure on the quarterback in this one really hurt him. And then still just a couple of those coverage busts and issues and breakdowns that this team has had them all year long. As much as I have talked about, it, I still think this is the best secondary in the Pac-12. I think it's a very good secondary, um, but the absence of Clark was a lot tonight. And you could tell that that's one of the things that really lost Utah this game was all their best players going into the season really um, didn't end up closing this one for Utah. When you talk about Cam being out, when you talk about Dalton being out, um, when you talk about Kansas, I mentioned Cam, Dalton, Clark, it's just a lot to overcome. And the Utes weren't able to overcome it as they fall in a tough one to Penn State. Just one of those really disappointing performances. 
and one that leaves a sore taste, sour taste, I should say, in your mouth. So I'm going to come back in a second, give out some game balls for this one, um, talk about what this season means for Utah and a few other things as a whole. But first, want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Guys, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but interest rates and inflation, they're both on the rise as if we hadn't noticed, right? Well, here's the good news. UCCU can help use this current rise in rates to your advantage. For a limited time, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. What's a savings certificate? It's not like a savings account. Savings certificate is similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time, but here's the difference. Savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals, but a savings certificate, you just make one deposit, then let your money grow and grow and grow. And with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account, how much higher? Let's just say a lot higher. You could also get a savings certificate for as little as 500, making this an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, big or small. It's a limited time offer, and they have a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs at UCCU. So make sure you visit the UCCU branch today or uccu.com to learn more and get your savings certificate. It's only a limited offer. Once again, 15 month savings certificate with that incredibly high APY of excuse me, 4.00%. UCCU, UCCU, love where you bank. All right, come back in to close this one out with a few thoughts. First, I want to give away some game balls. Um, first, I want to go to Jaquinton Jackson. Um, I can't even tell you guys how excited I am for Jaquinton to be the guy next season. We still don't know if Makai's coming back or not. Um, I thought Makai was gone. I'll say that a while ago, and now that seems like it's kind of flipped too. We'll see if he does. Um even if Akai does come back, I think Jaquindon should be the lead back on this team. You look at what he did, 13 carries, 81 yards. I think back on his – um, Jaquindon, I was in the end zone, um, the Utah end zone. I forgot. I believe that's the north end zone. Um, I, I get that next missed up, probably not the first time I've slipped up in this podcast. Um, when you look at what he did in in this game, talk about Jaquindon, on, especially on that run specifically, just the ability to make my guys mix, the quick decisions, all that, having learned the position over the course of a season, which is so hard once again. Yes, it's not like he went from defensive end to running back just out of nowhere. He was still a quarterback who obviously like to use his legs, but it's so different Get getting handoffs, running between the tackles, that wear and tear. Um, I mean, Jaquindon's the guy who's used to slide. I think he's slid a lot in his career. I mean, look, maybe he hasn't, but, you know, that's obviously co- coaches were probably telling him, hey, you got to slide here. That's obviously something he wasn't going to do when he made the switch to running back. And uh, just the ability, I think, about his one touchdown run where he shook off five guys. Um, that was probably the moment of the game for me. Um, we haven't done our Nissan Heisman moment the, uh, of these things in a while. Um, if it was, that would be mine, was Jaquindon's touchdown run there. Where I mean, he's just a man out there. I mean, he's him, I'll say that. Um, this is an unbelievable run and a really strong performance by Jaquindon in this one. Once again, 13 carries, 81 yards. And that one touchdown run, just chef's kiss. I mean, breaking all those tackles, shaking guys off. He's an electric back, and he's going to do special things, I believe, next year and be one of the better running backs in the country. I'll even go as far to say that. That sounds a little bold and a little bit homery, but hey, um, when your team just lost to the Nittany Lions and you're looking for things to be positive about, I'm definitely positive about you, Quentin Jackson. Also, very strong showing by Mackay Bernard, I thought. Um, he made an incredible catch in last year's Rose Bowl, but all we talk about is uh, what he did on the defensive side of the ball or didn't do, basically, because he does play running back, as he likes to remind us. Um, and you see why in this game. 11 carries, 59 yards, uh, three catches for eight yards, but got moved the chains a couple times there too. So um, did some nice things along there. Um, I also thought Cam, look, I know eight for 21 isn't that super impressive. 
Um, and he was a little off, but I still thought he just fought out there. And same thing with Devon, man. I mean, five for a hundred, just fought, continued to try and make plays for this team. And uh, I think, like I said, I think Penn State still would have won if even if they were healthy. But it feels like it would have been a very different game if uh, Cam had played the whole way. Um, Sione Vaki continues just to be a extreme bright spot for this team second half of the season. You look at the eight total tackles he had in this game. It was good to lead the Utes. Um, I thought Karene Reed made a couple nice plays in this one. Lander in his first ever Rose Bowl, balled out, did some nice things. Once again, Junior Tafuna with the big sack. Strong performance by him. And those were most of the sacks for um, for Utah, Karene, Lander, and uh, Junior actually were all three. So strong showing by those guys um, too. And yeah, once again, we just we come to the end now. Those are kind of the game balls I give out. Um, I thought too, I will say just like little things that happen. Like whereas I mentioned like things like the calls not getting in quick enough on the sideline. Um, like I said, it's hard to say from the field what adjustments watching just the game naturally. It's just say I was in, as I said, the North end zone. So the end zone view can be great in a lot of ways, but also not let you see certain things. It makes it tough. So hard for me to know where things could have been different. I mean, hearing things like when coach Witt says they were still trying to signal and get plays in when Penn state broke off that huge run, things like that lead to me saying Utah did get out coached in this one, something they haven't gotten a lot this season. And look, it, I think it was extremely close. I'm not saying like, Oh, they got absolutely embarrassed. Like anything. I don't think it was as bad as, for example, I think Utah coach Witt, Andy Ludwig, and of course, what Morgan Scali did, I thought they had a masterclass against Lincoln Riley and the Trojans, where I thought they obliterated them and not just the field, but the coaching matchup. I did not think Utah got obliterated tonight, but I did feel like they lost it still. I felt like Penn State came in with a good game plan and attack. Um, but I'll say, too, I mean, I think Utah was put in position to succeed a lot tonight by the coaches and just guys. Let's talk about RJ Hubert. Claimed, like you said, he was the one who claimed his, his bust in the secondary. Like, that's where bad plays are going to happen too. And that's just one of the unfortunate things about this is it's just one of those losses where everyone can look in the mirror. And uh, you also wonder, would it have been different if Cam stays healthy? Because we look, Coach Witt said to start the season, Cam is one of the best leaders he's ever been around. And looking, we know he's been coaching for a long time, right? So that's obviously a, a very high compliment to pay. And you could feel like Utah missed his absence tonight. Um, receivers struggling to create separation on the outside. Um, what does this mean for Utah's season overall now as this game um, officially wraps up and gives Utah what is now their fourth loss on the season? So Utah officially 10-4, and four, Penn State 11-2. and two. Um, To me, watching this game, I feel like – I feel safe in saying this. I think Utah was one of the 15 best teams in uh, college football this season. We'll see where they drop to if they stay in the top 15. I think they should based, just based on the loss of Cam Rising. I think they lost to a very good Penn State team that proved they were – one of the 10 best teams. Um, this is their best win of the season, but they did a lot of good things against Ohio State and uh, Michigan too. Some of those scores kind of got away a little bit too if you go back and watch. It's a young Penn State team too, and they deserve one of the spots at the 10 best team. This is an extremely good Utah team. Just struggled with a few things if we look in the season as a whole now. Um, offensive line, you know, did kind of take a little bit to get going in gel. Thought they did a good job um, overall late in the season coming together, but you can still see some of those issues um, in terms of giving up some issues, some issues, picking up blitzes late on struggles, getting to the second level receivers who are very good, but I think could, you could use another guy out there. And I think you, that was evident with Dalton's absence tonight, secondary wise, uh, pretty good defense wise, pretty good secondary front seven, very up and down all season, especially look, just not an intimidating pass rush. We, this is a reason that Utah doesn't usually get home with the, uh, with four guys on the season overall. So 
once again, just a tough loss for the Utes, you know, second year in the Rose Bowl, right? This is what everyone said. This was more of a business trip. Last year, it was just like, it's so great to be here. And this year, it was supposed to be so great to go in and win the whole dang thing. And that's not what happened because of a few of those things um, we talked about. I'm looking over the stats one last time here. Um, Utah, just it's amazing, too, some of the stats that Utah dominated. Utah got the first downs, 23 for 14, but they weren't able to maintain those drives. They would move the chains a couple times, and then it would stall. Whether that was a negative play, there was a holding penalty one time that um, really hurt Utah. Um, looking at penalties overall in this one as I'm trying to look down I got this uh this big stat broadcast uh pulled up I mean Utah only had four penalties but they all felt like they were really crucial and um huge ones in the in this one too I just felt like they were drive killers or just those negative plays overall I felt like Utah had had more of those in the game and then once again Cam going down I feel like those are the biggest things um in this one where um some of those miscommunications defensively struggles getting to the quarterback Cam rising getting hurt of course and then, look, Bryson just struggling when he came in because it's a very difficult spot to come into, especially because this Penn State defense is playing at a lot higher of a level than when Bryson came in and took on Ohio State last year. And uh, also, Dalton Kincaid obviously wasn't out there who he connected with on the long touchdown. So we're going to be breaking down this one all week long and have a couple fun guests lined up throughout the week coming on to talk about this game, um, what they, how they see it play out, um, what does it mean for the youths. And once again, I mean, I think we'll get updates on a lot of these guys' future. Is Devon Vele coming back? Is Mackay Bernard coming back? Is RJ Hubert coming back? Is Dalton Kincaid? Well, Dalton Kincaid is gone. We know that. Is Brent Keithy coming back? And then, of course, the granddaddy of them all. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Cam Rising, is he coming back? As I said, based on what I've heard, I believe he is. But, look, we've, there's been a lot more famous uh, newsbreakers or guys who think they're breaking news um, be wrong before than, than me. So I could very well be off. And for all I know, by the time this releases tomorrow morning, Cam Rising could release something saying he is officially declaring for the draft. But I expect Cam to be back, and this Utah team is an awesome opportunity. I think the last thing I want to close on, too, is for this Utah football season. Um, I don't feel like it was a disappointment because you still won the Pac-12 back-to-back. This Utah's never been Pac-12 champs back-to-back. Obviously, yes, they won it the first year ago, but to go back-to-back is extraordinary. Um, and I think you look at this championship game and think what could have been if not for um, if not for the injury if not for the Cam's injury because even looking the to end the first half Cam completes if Cam completes that ball to Thomas Yasmin how does that change things if uh, Cam's able to throw that ball away instead of getting sacked how does that change things but we can do the what if game all day I actually I'm usually someone who says I hate the what if game too so now here I am finding myself play it in the 30th minute of this uh, podcast as I sit in this hotel <laughs> out here. Um, on a what is a disappointing day for the Utah football program, but still a positive step in terms of playing another Rose Bowl. We know the recruits they got in there that will hopefully uh, sure up and correct some of the issues that we've seen this team cause. They got a ton of talent returning coming back. It's going to be very fun to see what this team looks like. We're going to be talking about it a ton during spring ball, all leading up to fall camp. There's so much great stuff still coming on Locked on Utes as it relates to the Utah football team. And we're only beginning to break down the Rose Bowl, even though I guess I just talked about it for 30 minutes. So appreciate you all you guys who have joined and made Locked on Utes your first listen every single day. Whether you guys went to the game and are you listen to this as you're driving back after a, a tough, after the disappointment of the loss, or you guys are just staying home in Salt Lake and listen to it too. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for following me on Locked On Utes all football season long. Once again, we got a ton of more great stuff coming up, but just as a, we just feel like we're kind of closing the book on the current Utah season, as in, of obviously, there's no more games live. There's no game to look forward to in the near future until the spring game, which is all the way, way off. And even that one, it's kind of like obviously you're just scrimmaging yourself. 
So just appreciate all you guys again for uh, supporting this show as I catch myself rambling. Um, and I just want to thank you guys again for making Locked On your first listen every day. If you were in the market for a second listen every day, um, check out Locked On Sports today for the biggest stories in sports. Um, obviously, you guys know what they're going to be talking about there um, on today's episode. Um, but make sure you guys check out Locked On Sports Today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys again for making Locked On your first listen every single day, and we'll see you tomorrow.